Hello, my name's not Dan, and that means it is that most terrifying of things, a solo G episode of the Wrong Football NFL podcast. So Dan sends his greetings and uh, but can't be with us today. So unfortunately, you're stuck with me and him editing me in post um, op, trying to make sense of my ramblings as I try and bring you a scatter shot of news and then some uh, NFL previews of the NFC this time. So I guess I better stop wittering, say hello again from Dan, and kick on into the news. So. It's a bit of a mixed bag this week, and I feel like I'm I'm going to see if I get into how much trouble I'm going to get into, because I'm going rogue fairly early. The first one I am hitting the rundown, which is that we had kind of horrible news break over the weekend. Uh, Bill's rookie um, punter, Matt Arazia, uh, was accused of or was um, named in a civil suit about a gang rape of a 17-year-old whilst he was in college. Now... The details that I've seen on the ESPN article about this are pretty horrific, um, and it's just one of those ones where you just think, not another, and patriarchy and and better sex ed for, ed for teenagers and children and consent and all that stuff. But it's also, strictly speaking from the NFL side, this is a player who was drafted in April, and the Bills apparently didn't know anything about this until very recently. They did actually drop him over the weekend, which is going to give them a bit of a scramble because they don't they'd already cut their veteran punter who's been picked up by another side. I wonder if they might be picking up one of the um, Bengals punters when cuts come down today. Um, but it just, it's just, I think, demonstrates difference between a punter and a franchise QB. But again, it's just just this horrible thing a thing that keeps coming back and, and getting um striking the NFL when you when they were hoping obviously that this kind of headline was going away on the continuing topic of horrible things um the Washington commanders running back Brian Robinson who looked to be set to possibly win the starters job job from from his preseason performance was um involved in an attempted carjacking and was shot twice over the weekend now Apparently he's stable and he's been being kept on the 53-man roster. So to give the commanders, and I hate that name, I might just go back to the Washington football team, um, a chance to a chance to evaluate what's going on properly. But it was kind of the kind of thing that's just again horrific to hear for different reasons. And you know, hopefully uh, he will recover soon and will be back on the team. So I've already mentioned it a couple of times, so I'm actually going to go rogue and completely ignore uh, Dan's rundown of the Tom Brady voted NFL's player number one of 2022 because I could not care about 100 players voted by players. Um, we've got cuts going on, and so I'm going to pretend that that didn't exist. Oh, wait, I mentioned it. Sorry, Dan. Um, but what I'm going to say is that it's a slightly strange roundup this week because Tuesday is cut down day and basically from seven so it's literally happening live as i'm sat here wittering to myself and so um it feels like that's the more important news to me is never mind the top list voted by players we have actual important roster discussions going on who's getting cut who's going to make a practice squad it's probably going to be beginning to resolve itself by the time you hear this although there'll be 
trades and wrangling and trying to get people up to practice squad and oh i didn't you know and who survives the waiver wire and that kind of cat mathematics of well we want him on the practice squad so we have to cut him now but will he actually quit clear waivers and you do see that quite a lot with teams where they're having to maybe keep players that they wanted to um on the roster that they maybe weren't so sure about but thinking that they might cut someone else and be able to get them back for practice squad and then move the other player down. So we shall see how that all shakes out. But your team will have a lot of transactions at the bottom end of the roster over the next few days. So back to our scheduled programming. Um, The NFL and ITV have announced a three-year partnership. And so we are going to get a new home for NFL in the UK um, this year, Uh, at least for terrestrial television. They're going to be showing the London Games, the Super Bowl, and an hour-long weekly show. Uh, There'll be some familiar American um, um, analysts on the show. I must admit that with the benefit of Game Pass, I tend to basically do podcasts and watch lots of games and bits there. So um, it doesn't make a huge difference to me, although I kind of always like the BBC coverage for the Super Bowl. So I'm not sure um, if I'm going to get adverts. I might go to um, uh, uh, back to Sky just to, 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 I don't know, get less adverts and more adverts. We shall see. But uh, I think it's always good to have that commitment from someone from, from terrestrial viewing because my way in was those weekly highlight shows. And even though you've got more Sky subscriptions than ever, Sky Sports isn't cheap, you've got terrestrial options, I always feel like that's an important string in your in your quiver of arrows and there's a butchered metaphor but you know it's always important to have that option for people to you know find and discover the game for themselves particularly as children in those easily digestible formats hard knocks episode three now this is going to be a tough one for me because i really rely on dan because i love the show but i don't love the show like he loves the show and so i don't have immediate recall so the thing that struck me most was probably the um the cults um doing uh hosting them for their for their shared practices ahead of the third game or actually i think it was the second game but it's this weird thing of it's released on tuesday but in the states but thursday here so we're like the week behind and oh time things but you know it was really interesting seeing those teams go against each other it was very interesting watching (laughs) watching um our voluble offensive coordinator losing his voice and sort of squeaking at his team about how the effort wasn't good enough which um i've actually seen with a couple of coaches through the years that the managing your voice and sitting here as someone who does podcasts and between allergies and everything else is fairly often having to use um use use fisherman's friends other lozenges are available to manage his voice through podcast recordings and long days on the telephone conferencing it is kind of interesting that you would have thought with all the the attention that is paid to nfl um coaches and all the people they might have you know gone out and got like voice consultants or something on how to manage their voices through the season but anyway uh that that kind of amused me uh we're beginning to see the setting up the the sort of bottom of the roster players who in it who is and isn't going to make the cuts but um Another good episode, and I did enjoy the Detroit comic, um, comic um, um, laying into uh, uh, um, Dan Campbell and the whole thing, particularly with 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 the fact that he owes the team a few more up downs uh, because they were more upward dogs on the last couple. Uh, that tickled me a lot. So this is why things either go relatively well or really off the rails and i'm not entirely sure which to be honest because we are now getting into season previews and we're about to start the um nfc east and i'm trying to work out if i'm going to ignore i think i am i'm going to ignore 
um, Dan's rundown and go through it my own way. So I'm going to start with the Dallas Cowboys, who um, finished um, last year Division 12 and 5, uh, won the division, um, lost in a wild card to San Francisco 49ers, and had something of a breakout season, which is a bit weird because I wasn't totally convinced by Mike McCarthy as the um, offensive coordinator, uh, because he, there was a big thing when he was hired with the Cowboys about how he was embracing analytics and how he'd moved on from the Green Bay Packers and, and learned. And then it felt like that was a lot of good PR that you wanted to do to get hired. But when he actually came to running the team, it felt like it was very much how it used to be with the Packers. But because Dak Prescott and his... Um, set of receivers, particularly C.D. Lamb, um, have been so good. They kind of like were really good at the start of the season. Unfortunately, Dak Prescott picked up a calf injury and he didn't seem as mobile and to be as good for his second half of the season. But Dan Quinn um, demonstrated a real evolution as a new hire's defensive coordinator and the defense was incredibly good. Now, that was um, largely driven by um, incredible rookies and some questionable turnover uh, turnover luck which uh, you have to think can't necessarily continue in that high and then you get into a roster off season of um, trades and cuts because they've had some salary cap at problems and then now Tyrone Smith has gone out injured and he's been a linchpin of that um, offensive line when it's been good but they've lost players over the last couple of years and I just worry that this team are going to take a step back I still like Prescott as a player um but I just feel like for the people who are starting to talk about the Eagles being a favorite I don't know this is in recent years being a division nobody's particularly wanted to win although the Cowboys did a very good job last season of you know they were three three games ahead of the Eagles and their Eagles have their own questions at quarterbacks we'll get to in a minute but I just feel like the Cowboys are likely going to take a step back just because of the way the rosters shook out on offense. And this whole thing about them not being able to execute the um, the end of the game, they didn't stop the clock, they ran out of time. This is stuff that's meant to be practiced and wasn't. And it just always seems to be something with the Cowboys. Moving on to the... Philadelphia Eagles, who came second in the division, 9-8, and eight, um, lost in a wildcard game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No shame in that. And the Eagles, it's an interesting one because they came out and they wanted to throw the ball and they, that looked like how, what they were all set to do under Nick Sirianni. But they soon realised that, you know, this heavy passing attack which they were trying to feature just wasn't working. It wasn't playing to the... Um, it wasn't playing to the strengths of the um, young quarterback in Jalen Hurts, who is a dynamic player, but more for running the ball. And so they basically completely vault-faced, um, changed their approach, and came on really strong and got into the wild cards. Now, the rest of the division might be more competitive this season. The Eagles keep building through the um, through the lines, through the draft, and through off through free agency it's interesting that they traded for AJ Brown and I think that's an incredible pickup but a lot rests on what is Hertz's next step this season can he develop in the passing game will AJ Brown make the difference how will this team move forward it's definitely one that I'm interested to see 
and I suspect they'll be competitive, but I'm not sure I'm ready to pencil them into the wild card just yet. Moving on to the Washington football team, sometimes known as the Commanders, but I, I'm wondering if I'm going to refuse to give them that nickname full-time until they've actually got a winning season with that name. Uh, they might just be the Washington sometime football team for me. Um, this is a weird franchise. Um, at the risk of doing a, a kind of rant that's going to um, mar and scare Dan, um, Daniel Snyder just cannot get out of the news. Um, and not only does he seem to be a fairly horrible human being and a bad owner, but because of this, his team have you know s- s- consistently underperformed. And I feel like they're trying to turn it around under Ron Rivera, and you know they've brought in new GMs and all this good stuff. Except for it still feels like Snyder can't get out of his own way. You know the the stadium which used to be one of the hottest tickets in washington is now regularly filled with more fans away fans than it is home fans maybe that's because the home fans are fed up of dodging raw sewage when pipes burst um and on the field it was such a weird mix because last season everybody was expecting the defense to be um the linchpin of the team and then they were gonna build behind fitzpatrick and then fitzpatrick got injured very early in the season and the defense just didn't have a regression which is understandable when they were very good very young but they were properly bad last season which given that that's Ron Rivera's side of the ball and I have a lot of respect for him was slightly surprising um their vaulted solution to their quarterback issues was to go out and trade for Carson Wentz and I feel like this that is a very interesting decision I feel like if Frank Reich didn't get what he wanted out of him last season, then I would have left that one be. I really didn't think that um, Taylor Heineke was that bad. And and now that they've drafted Sam Howell, it, it's sort of like an interesting approach. And I do understand trying to get as many quarterbacks as you can, but I, I, just, I just would be really hesitant about that kind of um, move for this franchise. Um, I feel like they could be competitive again. Um, so, you know, that it's coming together slowly, but a lot is resting on whether Carson Wentz can, you know, establish himself again as a quarterback that you win, not even because of, but with. Now, there's talk that they're trying to pair back what he was doing compared to what he was doing with the Colts, but it just feels, it feels like trending towards mediocrity and, and it feels like they either needed to be bad and go for a young quarterback, perhaps through the draft or one comes available. There are a couple of strategies. I just really don't think I would have traded the kind of draft capital they did for Carson Wentz. That just doesn't feel like a progressive um, a progressive idea that's going to really help them in the long term. So we shall have to see how it works out. But I'm really not convinced by them this season. And then we finally come to the New York football giants. Fourth in the division again. Another losing season, four and thirteen. Um, unsurprisingly, uh, we have new head coaches, but they also got rid of the GM, got rid of Dave Gettleman, and so we start again. And you know what? I kind of like this higher. Now, do not get me wrong. There are a lot of problems on the Giants roster. It is going to take them a season or two to turn it round. But bringing in Ryan Dable and his own person from the Bills um, front office 
feels like a smart pairing and it just feels like Daybell comes in and what he does is he f- hires an offensive coordinator from the Chiefs and not only that but he's he's you know he's a first time head coach and so he's smart enough that even though he might you might have thought that he wanted to um stay as play caller but no he knows that he's going to hand it off and so he's got this player in and it's going to be I think an interesting offense, and I'm not going to say that they're going to magically turn Daniel Jones into a franchise quarterback, but I just, for the first time, feel like there's a bit of a coherent plan, and I'm interested to see what they were doing. I've seen them already once in the preseason, and I'm interested. It was kind of funny um, listening to the Athletics um, football podcast. Um, where they're talking about how they're all in on the Giants, not from them being much, much better, but just being interesting and wanting to do a tape dive of the offense and only football sickos in week 16, or sorry, week six, were going to be, it'd be there along for, for a deep dive on the Giants offense. I'll put my hands up because that sounds interesting because Brian Dayball did really interesting things in the development and, and the offensive um, scheme development in Buffalo. And I just feel that even if Daniel Jones isn't the long-term quarterback, I feel like there are some really interesting things that might happen with Giants. And he might be not great at managing the team. We have to see how the defense goes. But it just feels like, for the first time in a while, that things will be interesting for the Giants. And though I'm not saying they're going to suddenly win nine games to be competitive for a wild, a wild card... I at least expect there to be competence and we see the bones of something. And I think Dayball will be very quickly able to see whether Jones is somebody that he thinks he can do something with and develop or if they need to go quarterback shopping in the offseason. And so we get into the NFC West. And... What better place to start with the division winners, the 12 and 5 LA Rams, who won the Super Bowl um, despite a questionable holding call in the red zone against the Bengals? Not that I'm bitter, uh, but in all seriousness, the Rams are running it back and they're absolutely going to be competitive because they have been every year under Sean McVay. I just wonder with a few retirements. And some changes in in offensive personnel. I mean, I've heard a lot of talk about how they're going to be competitive and roll it back. But I just wonder, particularly with Andrew Whitworth retiring, whether that team is going to be able to match that level next year or not. Particularly given that Matthew Stafford has turned up in pre-season with an elbow injury and also has a shoulder injury to boot. So while it could be that I'm overdoing this and I'm overly worrying because that is my thing, I just wonder if there might be a step back. And the NFC West for the last few years has been one of the most competitive divisions in football. And I just wonder about it this season. And it starts with the Rams, but then we will continue with the rest of the time. So moving on from the Rams... Second in the offseason, and we've discussed them a couple of times already, uh, um, are the Arizona Cardinals. Now, they went 11-6 and six last season, um, lost against the Rams in a wildcard game, and they're a weird team for me. It's a strange one because the last couple of seasons, they've started strongly and petered out. The whole homework clause and the stuff with Kyler Murray 
doesn't fill you with a huge amount of confidence. I suppose it's a good sign that the sort of the 30-something veterans they brought in, the likes of JJ Watt, AJ Green came back. But they had problems last season when they lost DeAndre Hopkins to injury. And he's now suspended. Um, yes, they made um, a trade for Hollywood Brown, but I just wonder... I'm not totally convinced by the combination of Cliff Kingsbury and and Kyler Murray. Now, I do feel like that part of the reason for um, Murray's bad performance in the playoffs, well, part of it could be that he wasn't properly prepared, but the other thing was that he did seem... I felt like he played late in the game, he began to find himself. I'm wondering if that's just a first time in the playoffs thing, but... This is a team that has suffered down the stretch and it feels like part of that has often been Murray, despite him, I think, generally when I watch him, being good at not taking content. But it does feel like he's not been able to make a full season. This is a team as a whole who've trailed off. And so I'm just wondering about how they're going to do this season. They may well be there or thereabouts again. But I'm just not totally sold on the long-term viability of this, oh, we're going to get ourselves over the top with 30-year-olds. It doesn't feel like the same all-in moves that the Rams are making because the Rams have these key pieces in the likes of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on defense and the likes of Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford on offense and Sean McVay. It doesn't feel like Cliff Kingsbury in, in the Cardinals however match that and even if the Rams do take a step back this season I'm just it wouldn't surprise me if they had a losing season I think they'll likely be competitive or there or thereabouts but I just feel like there is a real potential for this to go wrong continuing the competitiveness of the NFC West of the San Francisco 49ers, who were the third team from this division to make the playoffs, lost in the conference championship game to the LA Rams, but finished 10-7. and The 49ers step back in defense, questions about the offense, Jimmy Garoppolo being injured, season in, season out. This year, it's interesting to see that Garoppolo's restructured his deal. I'm not surprised because there didn't seem to be any trade partners for him. Uh, but they definitely were very clear that Trey Lance was going to be the start of this year. And I'm really interested to see what Carl Shanahan does with Trey, Trey Lance and, and the options uh, um, for him running the ball. Uh, he looked like a rookie quarterback last season. And so... You have to see how he does and what's going on with this team. But with Debo Samuel sorted out with his contract and back in the fold, the defense always seems to be competitive. The offense seems to find its way. I like the 49ers this year. I feel like they're going to, even with Trey Lance possibly developing them, taking a step backwards in the early part of the season, I feel like it's the right move and I kind of like them to be competitive for the second if not the lead of this division um I suspect that the Rams might win out but I think that the 49ers are going to be competitive again if they can control the injuries which always seems to be a factor for them and does worry me um then there's no reason why they can't make the playoffs again they won two games in the playoffs they beat the Cowboys they beat the Packers this is a team who have some big wins in recent years and 
you know, Shanahan has got this team to a Super Bowl with, with um, Garoppolo. There is no reason not to expect them to be competitive again this season. On the other hand, the Seattle Seahawks are in for an interesting year, I feel. Uh, they finished 7-10 and last season, missed the playoffs. Um, very unusual under the Pete Carroll ten- tenure in Seattle. They traded Russell Wilson in the offseason, and it feels like... I understand why they did it. They got a trade haul, but it just... This whole thing of Geno Smith versus Drew Locke, and Drew Locke getting COVID, and Geno Smith seeming to beat him out... Um, I I worry about the Seahawks. It's they seem to have had a good draft, but I feel like Russell Wilson's problems were to do with his offensive line. They never really did the short quarterback thing that the Saints did of building through the middle of their line and so giving them that stout pocket so that he could operate like um, Drew Brees did. I am really interested to see what um, Russell Wilson will do um, in in that kind of West Coast offense in, in um, Denver. I just. I feel like the Seahawks could just be playing bad this season. I think they'll be competitive because I don't think Pete Carroll knows how to make a team anything else. But I just feel like the, when you take this kind of step on quarterback, you've back on quarterback. Yeah, you've got um, DK Metcalf and you know you've got strong receivers. But I can't see how this team cannot be worse than Russell Wilson, even though Russell Wilson missed games last season through, through this, the, the finger injury. Those were the first first games he's missed in the regular season in his career. And I just, I do wonder if the Seahawks really know what they'll be missing until they go through this season. Now, there'll be a plan. I can understand it. And if there was no way to sort it out, there was no way to sort it out. But I would have fought tooth and nail to hold on to Wilson. I, I feel like... It's a strange decision. I do understand those to say that he's a slight different quarterback when he doesn't move, but he's still a hell of a player, and I feel like that's a reason to evolve your offense, not trade him away. But that involves um, a coach willing to be more flexible with the offensive game plan, and I suspect work through some 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 losses and some problems, and it just feels like the Seahawks weren't. And so I can't say then I'm expecting the Seahawks to be good. I'm really not sure that they'll match their win record. Um, I'm a big fan of Pete Carroll's. Um, I like that he's, he knows his philosophy so well, but I just wonder if it's going to be a really difficult season for them. And now I have G's preseason ponderings. And I guess the big one that I kind of want to cover today is just something that's come through that I've mentioned a little bit in the preseason already, but we've barely seen any starters in um, in Bengals preseason and, and several other teams, particularly in this last game, there were no starters, everyone was getting rested. And I did notice that the Steelers had a couple of theirs in and lo and behold, TJ Watt has cropped up on, on, on the injury report. Little nagging thing, think he should be okay for week one. George Pickens, the same. And it's just like, these are starting players that you didn't need to be picking up knocks and possibly not making not making the start of the season. And it, it is that thing where more and more, where the Rams feel like they can get the work they need in the joint practices in a controlled manner, although how controlled when you've got... Um, 
and Aaron Donald's swinging two Bengals players' helmets around. I don't entirely know, but it is kind of interesting. It, it does feel like the um, the NFL preseason games have taken a step back in quality because there are just that many more or that less starters minutes being shown and so you can sort of understand why it comes to free but i do wonder you know how far this is going to go but also when you see what's happening there have been so many fights this this preseason in these joint practices uh, there was video that was not great with the aaron donald thing so i do wonder just if the nfl are going to step in a little bit because right now that stuff is sort of handled by the teams uh, the nfl aren't getting involved uh, you know, we've seen fights, we've seen heights on on hard knocks, we've seen videos of them at multiple training training camps this year. It's just an interesting one to keep an eye on for the next couple of preseasons, I reckon. So hopefully, this has not been a too short podcast, but I definitely do miss Dan. Um, I'm sorry if I've bored you or repeated myself as I've witted along, but you know, that's all we've got time for this week. Dan will be back with me next week to wrap up our preseason previews before the start of the 2022 season. If you've liked what you've heard, let us know by liking, subscribing, maybe giving us a little five-star review through whatever medium you procure your podcasts. That way, you'll also make sure you don't miss any of our regular episodes once the season gets back up and running. If you've got a question or something you want us to discuss next week, get in touch. I'm at WrongFootball on uh, Twitter, and Dan is at TWFDan. Have a great week, and see you next time. There's good outtake for you, Dan. Russell Watson, well-known UK opera singer and apparently quarterback in Seattle Seahawks.